0: Good morning. Welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth, and you can reach me on the web at Newworth Law N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W dot com or through LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever you choose. So I wanted to talk to you today about slip and falls and what is a good case and what is a bad case or a weak case. So I've had a few different, you know, people reach out to me because it's cold here in the Northeast right now, and we're right around the sort of freezing, not freezing temperature. So, um, you know, let's talk about, first, what makes a good case. A good case, to me, is someone falls and breaks something and they know what caused their fall. So I'm walking along through a parking lot between parked cars, there's ice underfoot that I can't see because of the parked cars and I'm looking ahead to make sure I don't get hit by a car and boom, fall down, break my left hip, need surgery, all done. Why is that a good case? That's a good case for a few reasons. One, you're on a commercial property. So that means there's insurance. It also means someone has a heightened responsibility towards you as a visitor to that property. So a commercial property knows you're coming there to do business. So maybe you're parking in Whole Foods parking lot. And they are supposed to make efforts to survey the parking lot, make sure there's not ice there, or at least lay salt down um, or ice melter. Okay, how do most businesses do that? Most businesses do that by hiring a snow removal contractor who's also kind of their landscaper or leaf guy um, in the summer months. So they delegate that responsibility. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's Whole Foods property and the landscaper or the snow removal company's responsibility. So, you know, they have a duty to figure out if there is ice or if there's going to be ice and oftentimes when people fall that tells you that they didn't do their job now if it's the middle of the storm that doesn't count as a good case anyway why else is it a good case well it's good case because there's no question about whether the fall caused you an injury it's obvious you had a broken hip and you needed surgery all right, so that's your, that's your good, strong case. You know there's insurance. You know what happened. The only weakness in that case is if, the, you know, if my client says, I have no idea what caused me to fall, I just ended up on the ground. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the weak point in cases in Pennsylvania, at least, is that you got to be aware, at least after the fact, of what caused you to fall. All right, so here's the flip side of that. What's the weakest possible case you could come up with? Well, you're walking down the sidewalk in front of your home that you own, and there's a slight depression in the sidewalk where the sidewalk blocks have sort of sunk down below the curb line, and you catch your foot in there, you fall down. And you injure your back and you've got a prior history in your medical records of um, back pain over the course of your life. So why is that a weak case? Well, first of all, did you fall on a commercial property? No. So why are we concerned about that? Well, now all of a sudden in front of a jury or in front of the lawyers for the other side, you know, it's a little less... Um, David versus Goliath, that, you know, you're suing residential property homeowners. Everyone's got homeowner's insurance. They know the rates are going to go up. And they know, you know, kind of, yeah, is it the homeowner's responsibility to fix the sidewalk? Yes, they do. Some townships yes, some townships no. So, one, it's a little less appealing because it's not a commercial defendant. Two, it was outside of your home. So what does that mean? Well, (laughs) What that means is that you've probably walked that plot of sidewalk or that section of sidewalk thousands of times since you owned the home. It may even be your responsibility that is there, or you should have called someone or told someone. Further, like unlike the business situation, you're not there for a business purpose, so there's a very low level of obligation or duty from the homeowner, you, to you, you yourself so look unless you're renting a property it's really hard to sue for sidewalk issues um if you own that property or you're renting the property what else is problematic about that case well you know your injury is a a back injury not a fracture and you got a prior back injury now that's not usually a problem in car accident cases because it's a different calculus or risk analysis. But in the slip and fall case, where already there are weaker cases than the car accident cases, the last thing you want to do is have an injury that is you know, arguably connected but maybe not completely connected. So you know, what does that mean? Well, you've got this preexisting condition. All right, so the pre existing condition, you know, may have been worsened, and you certainly have a claim that your case, your injury was worsened, but is it sympathetic? Is it, you know, believable? That's what you're fighting against. So, why is that scenario a weak one? Well, you've got a weak claim against a non commercial defendant, and you've got a mediocre to weak injury claim. So, overall, like, as a lawyer like you don't like that case the person may have you know a back injury they may be wronged and aggrieved but as the lawyer you know that may not make sense to take and as the client you got to understand like the lawyer not wanting to take that case indicates that it may not be a strong case and and as the client that's something that's got to be understood now, a lot of people say, well, you know, can you just write a letter? Yeah, but the letters usually, in slip and fall cases, don't get very far. And what does that mean? Well, it means most insurance companies aren't going to negotiate in any serious good faith on a slip and fall case. That's my experience. You know, you'll get an offer of 3000 or $5,000 just to go away. Um, and that's not that's not real money to to injured people. <coughs> so... You know, there's a range of cases in between there that, you know, all sorts of permutations, all sorts of defendants and all sorts of injuries. And, you know, there are great slip and fall cases and there are weak ones. They all have their issues and problems. Um, There are a lot of defenses. One of them is you can't sue if you fell during a storm. Another one is, like, you know, if you're walking towards an open manhole and you see the open manhole and you keep walking, you fall in... That's on you. It was open and obvious. Now, if you're walking towards that open manhole and it was nighttime and there was no guard around it or no lighting, that's not on you. That's a good case. So, you know, every little distinction, both in liability and in damages, um, is is a big deal in these cases. And you got to sort of figure that out ahead of time because you don't want to get... You don't want to lose your case for your client. You don't want an unhappy client uh, at the end of the case. So that's kind of slip and falls. They're on my mind because it's right around freezing point, and people are going to start calling me with slip and fall cases. So I hope all's well. That's been asked, Andy. I hold people accountable.